Welcome back to the Archie Sonic Digest. What another show that we've got for you today. And honestly, after the events of last episode with Return to Angel Island, that absolute kino that it was. How can we top it? The question is, the answer, you can't. You don't top it. You can't, no. We're back in the mines. We're back suffering. We escaped our prison for only but a second. <laughs> Tempest Keep was merely a setback. That's topical because fuck Blizzard Entertainment. But, 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 I am your host, Sonic Speed. With me is my co-host, Aaron. Well, unofficial co-host, but that's practically what he is at this point. Yes. What's up, buddy? Uh, living life, grinding gear, uh, guilty gear, uh, trying to learn how to block high-low mix-ups as Anji, uh, and praying I don't get blown up by Soul uh, 5S. Because that move is oppression in a can. It's busted. Oppression. It's busted. It, it is oppression I, in I a believe can, bro. You, I believe you. Sit you. There, you sit there and you block. And he just mashes it. And he's like, it's my turn. It's my turn. It's my turn. <laughs> pain. Okay. All my homies know is pain. And speaking of pain, Sonic the Hedgehog number 142. We're barreling right in. I'm going to be very, very blunt about this set of comics. So remember how we talk a lot about the Pender's Exposition Dump? Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that's kind of all this is. So I mentioned this in the pre-show, patreon.com slash sonicspeed, only $5 a month. Uh, <laughs> we, it seems that Carl Bowlers, he wrote Return to Angel Island. The pure, the pure, Kino. That it was? Uh, turns out that was his, like, last run, seemingly. I think there is, like, one story that he wrote in one of these comics in the that we're going to talk about. But it may as well just have been one of those, like, it was back on the shelf that uh, the editors uh, forgot about and said, oh, we got this. Uh, just make some art for this. Whatever. Put it in. One story. And then that's kind of it. Which, if that is true, that's really funny how he just drops like the middle finger to ken penders in the most goaded way imaginable and it's just like peace i'm out carl bowlers is based because he's essentially laying the groundwork for ian flynn to truly flip the script and that's why he's kind of based even if he's also made a lot of very bad stories for this stupid fucking comedy well you know what sometimes you only need one redemption to just be bathed in the heavenly light it's honestly true it's true sometimes you just need that one redemption yeah, and still on a side here, but, like, Carl Bowlers, and I'm going to go into more detail about this in the future, but, like, as a result of Carl Bowlers' experiences working with Ken Penders and Archie, he kind of just doesn't want to touch Sonic in any form anymore. It left him that much of a negative impression, which honestly sucks, because if we could get more on the tier of Return to Angel Island, I would love to see Carl Bowlers do a story for the IDW annual one year, you know? Like, that would, like, touch me a little bit. And then the heart, right here. It's it's funny you mentioned the IDW comics. Um, you know, I, I went and I reread um, one of the current stories. And man, it's like... It, we're going to talk about this because we have a, we have a very special episode eventually upcoming. Mm -hmm. That we'll talk more about a little bit in the future. We promise. Pray. 
I was I was reading, you know, I, I literally I, I finished the set of comics we had for this week. And then I went and I read two IDW comics. I was like, wow, wow. I've read so many Sonic comics at this point. And those two IDW comics make all those other comics look like a joke. <laughs> Honestly, dude, like at the time of this recording, today is uh today's July 22nd. A new issue came out yesterday, went to the comic book store, got that, got all the covers because I'm sick in the head, but I also love collecting. I'm a hoarder. Uh, Yeah, just that one issue was just like, wow, I sincerely like this. Whereas when I read the uh, Archie comics for the show, it just, it's just so tiring. Is it bi-monthly or monthly? Monthly. Monthly? I mean, I gotta tell you, like, it's it's really impressive what IDW is 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 pulling off with with these comics. They're they're really doing such a great job, and it's all Ian Flynn's baby, right? Ian Flynn and uh, Evan Stanley, who we'll yeah. talk about more too. She worked at Archie too. She did a lot of Silver stories. So, oh wait, 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 wait. She's the person who redeemed Silver. Mm-hmm. Based, based, incredibly based. <laughs> So based, I can't even begin to, to to talk about how based this person is. Okay, let's talk about shitty Sonic comics. <laughs> All right, so number one forty-two proper, written by Manny Chacon, art by uh, Mawini. So I'm just gonna try my best to like summarize it for you because we got like nine issues to cover and we got some garbage for you. So Hope Kintobor, she is in the Knothole Library doing a history report for school, and inside she finds a lost. Some lost stories, some lost history about people of Acorn Kingdom, yada, yada, yada. But specifically finds a story about the original Freedom Fighters. And uh, she kind of is intrigued by this and rushes out and finds Sonic and says, all right, so Sonic, like, do you know anything about these people? And he says, oh, yeah, I, I definitely know them. He tells them all he knows. The leader of the group Stripe was the one who led the escape to Knothole during Robotnik's coup. And the group was him. Peckers, Spot, Trace Scales, and Bull Bones, they were all former members of the King's Army. They built Knothole after the escape, and they harbored everyone, kept them all safe. And one night, they suggested, or Stripe suggested, a strategic sneak attack back entrance, because the time to directly attack Robotnik wasn't right. So that was the MO for not just these Freedom Fighters, but even Sonic's Freedom Fighters when he came of age and did his stuff. After a while, Sonic eventually manages to say, you know, they're, like I said, they were the foundation for his own Freedom Fighters, but they disbanded due to a traitor in their midst. So that was a quick synopsis of the first story. I will say there is one gag I like. One. One gag. Uh, when Hope is walking out of the library with her papers, trying to, you know, gather information on the book report, Sonic passes by, and she's like, oh, hey, Hope, I was just doing my tornado impression. And I'm like, okay, that, that, got, a, that got a little chuckle out of me. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like, it's just, like... It's, it's basic. It's basic. It, it's, a fill, it's a filler comic. Like, okay, sure, whatever. All right, Amy Rose. <laughs> yeah, B-story focusing on Amy Rose. Chacon wrote, uh, Butler did the art. Literally like three pages. They're just honoring Amy. They're formally initiating her into the Freedom Fighters saying, you know, Amy, you really grew as a person. We really appreciate what you did for us. And now that you can, uh, you are more able in using your abilities, like, you know, summoning your Pico Pico hammer, you're officially a Freedom Fighter now, babe. And also there's a little continuity error where she said, uh, 
she used Sonic's billionth ring to wish to become physically older. Continuity error, she used the ring of acorns. Is that really important? Not really. But you know what? After learning all of this knowledge over the course of this podcast, I have no choice but to tell you that. Do you know what? Do you know what's really funny about this comic? So, like, if you it, like the first page, it's like you have like a flashback of like Amy and her Sonic C design and like Sally, like. And she actually looks like a normal fucking Sonic character. And then next page, you see Sally with the flowing anime hair. Uh, it's yeah. Almost, like, okay, can, can we, like, very minor offshoot. Why does Sally have, like, the anime hair? Like, when you get to a certain point in this comic. I, I can't stand what they do to her hair. It looks awful. It's very, like, Sailor Moon-esque. And that's how I've described this comic's art style in the past, like American Sailor Moon. And sometimes that's okay. Very sometimes that's okay. But when you can look at Sally and just sees anime flowing hair, huge like irises and pupils, like it's just like, it's too much sometimes. It's too much. It is very much too much. Okay. <sighs> okay, so now we're we're back in the pit. We're wrestling with the beast. <laughs> we're with the hogs, boys. We're hog wrestling. Mobius, twenty five years later, written by Ken Penders and art by a uh, Butler. <sighs> okay, okay. All right, all right. Breathe, 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 brother. Breathe, breathe. It's okay. It's okay. We are here. We are all right. We will succeed. So, Knuckles wakes up overwhelmed by recent events, much like myself, and just goes downstairs to have breakfast. Now, downstairs, Laura Sue still barters Knuckles to begin training for her to be a guardian. Knuckles still refusing. Meanwhile, Rotor and Kobar are running tests on, uh, the issue, as we've known it as. All data is insufficient, they're running out of time. So, Rotor has, like, I think the largest brained idea he's ever had in his life is, like, well, if we're running out of time... Let's go back in time. <laughs> we are going to fuck up the space-time continuum. Even fuck more. It. It's like, I don't know. I kind of respect that mindset. It's like, dude, we're already fucked. All of reality is collapsing. What's a little more damage going to do? Fuck it. Fuck it. We out. <laughs> so, and if you're thinking that's crazy, so does Kobar. I think it's like, dude, yeah, you've gone insane. So later... Uh, Sally confronts Sonic and, in silence, admits to him, when we met with Knuckles, Sally, you should have been there. And I'm not able to handle this whole, like, ruling responsibility. I'm just, uh, uh, baby crying, wah. I, I, I just, okay, it's so funny that, like, this whole conversation takes place in three seconds, and then Knuckles is like, Sonic, we gotta go. <laughs> yeah, Knuckles You can't in. talk about your marital problems. We have to deal with a world-ending cataclysm. Uh, the Ken Pender special. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. All right, so yeah. Uh, in oh, Knuckles' is den, they're called for by Rotor and Kobar, and they tell them about their time travel idea. End quote. Assuming it works as advertised, we're going to time travel back to the point 25 years ago where the issue was caused. Sonic approves it. They'll go to the storage site to get the machine and secure it. So Sonic is like, all right, what's the success rate? But uh, he doesn't really get an answer to that question. But since the limited amount of time that they have, Sonic is like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. They meet in the port in two hours. Calling off. Tells Knuckles, don't tell Sally and the kids about this, all right? Which is a very good thing to do as a king, you know? 
they don't need to tag along. Knuckles says, well, look, I'll follow you down later. I got business to take care of. And he goes to his daughter, Laura Sue, talking to Sonya. She's complaining about Manic saying, this fucking asshole is going to be king one day just because he's the first son born. I'm more fucking competent than him. This this mis- this misogynistic MAGA-leaning prick is going to be king one day. Uh, I'm in hell. I, I can't believe Manic is in the, the alt-right pipeline. Sad. Dude, he is! He's <laughs> in the alt-right pipeline! There is, no, there is no evidence to the contrary, but you know what? There's no evidence to the former either, so you know what? We could just make things up. That's the beauty of uh, interpretation. We can just make things up. So yeah, the story ends with just uh, Laura Sue is like, man, you know, at least you get to be a princess. I don't even get to be guardian. Meh, 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 meh. World's smallest violin. That's the end of 142. And let's move on to 143. Speedrun, 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 speedrun. Chacon, Mawini, you know them. So, Sonic continues the story about the original Freedom Fighters. Pecker's one of the guys, says, Alright, we found where Robotnik uh, threw the king into, the Zone of Silence, and a young Sally is in earshot, asking, you know, with a little bright eyes, saying, Can you please go save my dad? And so, they construct the plan. Via the old air duct system, we can find their way to to the void, where the king is being held. But... Scales opened the door to lead Robotnik in, betraying them, saying that Robotnik promised him power and that, quote, I am a snake. It's within my nature. I have here in parentheses racism. Racism. Robotnik says he made modifications to the room. And as the door closes, he throws in Scales, saying, eh, go join your old team, demanding, hey, Robotnik, let me out. We had a deal here. And Robotnik is like, yeah, that's true. We did have a deal. But just as you said, you are a snake. It's in your nature and all. Had a deal. I have altered. <laughs> I pray I do not alter it further. Alter it again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The Freedom Fighters, the original Freedom Fighters, were roboticized and were thrown into the void. Chuck witnessed this and recorded it into his databanks. And even though they never learned the truth years later, all of Nothole mourned them as fallen heroes leading Sonic and his friends to take up their cause and finish what they started. So Hope, after finished hearing the story, was like, oh, holy shit, I still need to finish this paper. Uh, whip. So she finishes it and presents it in front of her class and uh, gets an A, whoopee. And also, I think the teacher was like uh, the leader's widow. So Like the, like the, leader, the leader's widow, which yeah. is, you know, cute. Like, that was cute. Nice little, nice little touch. I, I, I'm, I, I will say... The idea of the snake character. Yeah, that's a bit on the <laughs> like, nose, you know. It's so on the nose. That, that's a little it. too Jungle Book for my taste. Like, come on. Also, um, Art Mawinney draws Robotnik really nice. He really does. It's For the record, If I, I've said this fact, like, I think five times now, but... Just to remember, Mawinnie was a storyboarder for the original cartoon, so... I mean, it makes then it makes complete sense. Yeah, then, like, yeah, it works. So, we move away from the decent art to the poo-poo pee-pee art, because <laughs> Ken, Penders, <laughs> Ken Penders both wrote and did the art. And the first note I have here, full caps, why the fuck isn't Laura Sue wearing pants, what the fuck? Okay. So, like... I'm not putting it up on the green screen. Uh, we're, not, we're not putting it... We don't, I'm no, no, not no, no, touching we, we can't. We can't. If you watch 
patreon.com slash sonicspeed five dollars a month then you'll get the uncensored version we swear <laughs> we promise this is you'll get some hot furry action of a comic you can look up and read for free online <laughs> anyways yeah i don't know why this is a thing like no you don't understand man like when i was reading this i was at work reading this and i i lost my shit my co-workers were like dude are you okay and i had to say no i'm not okay i'm okay. not gonna explain what i'm looking at to you because you'll fire me but i <laughs> Also, I, I just want to point out that, like, whatever, uh, we've, we have spoken about, like, this koala character a handful of times, but, like, I don't know why, but in one of these panels, it looks like she's fearing for her fucking life. Well, like, well. You know, it's, well. it's, it's, uh, uh Ken mm. Pender's big racism. <laughs> Ken Pender's, I have questions and you're never going to answer them. But no, like, I'm sorry that I'm still stuck on this, but, like, honestly, there were so many things had to go wrong for that to be drawn in that way. Ken Penders wrote and did the art. So, like, it, it was an active move on his part to draw her like that. And the editor, God bless his soul, probably just saw this and was like, there's, prob there's definitely something wrong in here. But if I were to deny this, I'll have to deal with Ken Penders' wrath. And I don't want to do that. I'd rather deal with my boss's wrath. Nobody, nobody want to fucking deal. Nobody wants to deal with their fucking dumbass boss's wrath fuck that so you know what i'm not gonna look at this but i'm gonna give it the stamp of approval anyway whatever happens happens i'll deal with the consequences later i'd rather deal with my boss than ken penders and that's saying a lot so moving on before i become the joker uh she's looking for knuckles on the who's on the mainland he's at the crater where angel island rose from and we flashback Knuckles uh, accommodated Archimedes there. He said he wanted to return to his ancestral land, mentioning, you know, I think the guardianship really should end with me, Archie. And he says, well, look, are, are you willing to deal with the consequences of that? Knuckles is like, yeah, I, I think I am. And he says, well, okay. Poof, he's gone. Knuckles heads back up to the island and finds his mom, Tiernarine, mentioning, son, uh, your father's not doing so good. They go to the hospital, meeting the doctor. They're running tests and tests. They don't know exactly what's wrong with him. But long story short, Locke is dying. He's on life support. <laughs> yeah! Fuck Locke! <laughs> ooh, this is, this is a little... Ooh, ay, ay, ay. Uh, fuck Locke. Catharsis. Fuck Locke. Catharsis. Eventually, uh, the doctor comes back and says, Locke has a quote carcinogenic pancreas and there's not much they can do which ken penders definitely doesn't know medical terms and i'm not saying that i do but that phrasing implies that his it's fucking cancer <laughs> no, it, it, no it's not just cancer it's like the pancreas itself is made of cancer like he doesn't have pancreatic cancer his pancreas is made up of cancerous cells Locke Locke was such a shit dad he contracted super cancer <laughs> yeah there's definitely no way they could fix that stage one your terminal <laughs> stage one alright that's All fucked right. up that's, that's please that, don't that's demonetize so me YouTube <laughs> Patreon.com slash SonicSpeed, $5 a month, uncensored podcast. Fight the YouTube censors, anyway. <laughs> Locke eventually, like, wakes up as Knuckles and Laura Lee enter. She tries to excuse herself, but not Locke just is like, no, 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 please. So, Locke insists, I want my family to be with me. The soul touch bonded us, Laura Lee. 
it's my fault I walked away from what should have been, which is like, that's a little manipulative, Locke. You're also on your deathbed, but you know what? When you're on your deathbed, I guess you don't really change, so you know what? The fact that Locke is still trying to manipulate people, even on death's door, is just proof of how much of a fucking awful character he is. Um, he had, he gets one time to be cool, and that was in Return to Angel Island, and then never again. I guess a deathbed is the one time where he can be passed on being an asshole, I guess. I guess. So, Locke gives the deathbed speech, you know, he, he basically says, Knuckles, I'm sorry. I'm The way I raised you was fucked up. I'm so sorry. Knuck, I should have given you a choice to be Guardian. I shouldn't have started you out with your, your so lung. I, I'm so sorry. And Knuckles is saying, look, Dad, I don't resent you. Everything turned out fine. I'm fine. Knuckles is not fine. He's literally genetically mutated. Like, don't forget that, guys. He, he was genetically mutated. He died and came back to life. And he also had to endure watching his entire civilization be torn down from within for, for an entire year while Sonic was gone. And then had to save it and team up with a group of people who are literally techno-Nazis. What? Oh, well. <laughs> Fuck Locke! Yeah, so Locke says, okay, you know what? Ultimately, I love you, my son. Nothing else matters. And I should have listened to those around me and just let destiny play its course. And then, scene change. Eventually, Knuckles reaches his father's grave. Tells him, you know what, Dad? I realized keeping Laura Sue as being guardian was just as wrong as being forced into the role. And he, like their ancestors have, should have been given a choice. And Knuckles is glad to have had that realization. That's the end of 143. This is another instance of uh, Knuckles the Echidna radical centrist, by the way. <laughs> it's also... He, this comic was also dedicated to uh, Ken Pender's dad, Kenneth. Which, that's a little wholesome, but it's also kind of like, wh like, what? That's... Honestly, that's pretty... That's pretty loaded. For a certain reason, that... You know, I'm not going to go into that right now. We'll We're wait. not going we'll into wait. it right now. Later, later, later. Later. We'll get into that later. Sonic number 144. Okay. We are finally here. The end. This this is the last Mobius 25. Okay? Thank and you. And not only that, it's the lead story. So. Yes. Penders wrote. Butler did the art. Knuckles comes back and tells Laura Sue. All right. I agree. You'll be trained to be the next Guardian. And your training will begin... Right after I come back from this mission. And if I don't, mom will know who to talk to. Brave. Laura Sue insists that she goes. Knuckles is like, nope, no, 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 no. And brings Julie Sue into this. Kind of pissed he mentioned the whole not coming back thing. But Knuckles, like, sweet talks her. He's like, ah, you know that I love you. She's their daughter. You know, kind of mine. And, like, Julie Sue's just like, oh, all right, honey. Go have fun with the boys. <laughs> it's it's I, I i need i just keep going before i have an aneurysm so they, so knuckles gets to the shutter shuttle port sally reminds him the you better bring sonic back alive and aboard the trip uh which you know coming from the queen that's probably like an international threat waiting to happen so like let's hope knuckles uh keeps that promise they're on board the ship and with Rodor and Kobar, they enter the Mobian Badlands to Knuckles' shock. They exit the ship in hazmat suits and enter an underground dungeon and find Robotnik's old tachyon chamber, which 
theoretically should send Sonic back in time, but it wasn't tested. But Sonic decides, like, fuck it. We're, we're going to die anyway. Throw me in, boys. Let's go. And then, so, you want to do it or should I? Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Which 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 part? Which Sonic part being ripped apart, molecule by molecule. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, we get... All right, all right, all right. Speed, please put it up. All right. So, like, let's just talk about, like, what I what we're looking at for a second. Like, Sonic being ripped apart is, like, perfect for, like, you know, like, hey, how is the Ken Penders run of Sonic like? Just show this image. Uh, just, just, just show this image. This one image. Destroyed. Yeah. Just this one image, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it speaks for itself. It's fucking hysterical. Sonic is being ripped apart, and Rotor is panicking that, oh, the A circuit is cross-connecting to the B circuit too early. Uh, shit, shit. Kobar is screaming, shut it all down. All before that Knuckles notices that Sonic, gone. And we shift to the present. Sonic is skipping stones with Tails. Knuckles is with the Chaotix. Tails is like, hey, Sonic, well, if you ever think about the future, you know, ever think about what lies in store for us? And Sonic's like, well, I, I'm really just dealing with Eggman right now. I don't, eh, you know, that's all I really worry about. And Knuckles says, like, well, tomorrow is too far for him to even think about. And the story ends with a quote. Though our destinies are etched in stone, various are the means used in the carving. Do you guys want to guess who said that, by the way? Was it Plato? Was it Aristotle? No, it was Paracelius. An ancient echidna philosopher. <laughs> An excellent self-suck Ken wouldn't be a story of yours without one. Thank you very much, buddy. Wow, I'm so enlightened. Anyways, I mean, okay, like, we're obviously going to have to talk about the fact that this doesn't end. The story literally just... <laughs> just stops. It stops! Stop. Can't fucking it stops. This. So, now that we've finished Mobius 25 years later, let's dissect it. All right, let's 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 take a moment and think about it back to back. So this is the most infamous arc in the entirety of the Archie Sonic comics, and now I see why. And not only just because of everything that's come before it, but also now that I have an understanding of how Ken Penders writes and presents his stories. Ken Penders is just, as we mentioned previously, exposition dump, exposition dump, exposition dump. No action at any point to be seen at all. And that's extremely prevalent in Mobius 25 years later. However, I, the one thing I can say for sure is that at the very least, Ken's stories are solid because they have a solid foundation to work on. That is the Sonic characters, the Knuckles characters. We at the very least have an understanding of who these characters are, what they're supposed to be, the role that they play. Okay, so now Ken makes a time shift story. 25 years later, all the characters we know and love have new roles, have adapted to these new roles all in ways that we have not seen on screen we're looking at characters now that are both familiar and foreign to us so we already have a disconnect what i'm trying to say is here that mobius 25 years later has a very bad floor to start off in and i think that's why people tend to not like this story because the floor does not exist there's no foundation we have a very rough story a very rough idea going on and there's something here that i feel like if ken were to have continued this maybe something could have come out of it but believe it or not ken penders has the audacity to just stop 
am I wrong in thinking that seeing Sonic going back in time should have been the start to like the rising action? No. That's that's exactly what it should have been. But no, it just ends. That's the ending. Like what the hell? This is beyond Ken Penders as like whatever you may think of him. That's you just don't do that, man. Like as a writer, you just can't end a story like that. Like it's just insane. I'm going to I'm I'm going to I'm going to throw my piece into the picture. So, I kind of agree that Ken has like a solid base with a lot of his stories because he does have the Sonic characters and Knuckles. But the problem with all Ken Pender stories is that they ultimately devolve into bullshit and nothing. Mm-hmm. What happened in Mobius 25? Can you tell me? Because literally, I can only think of three things. Knuckles is conflicted about making his daughter the Guardian. Sonic is having a hissy fit about the fact that he fucked Sally and now the, fa- the fact that he's king. The, the world is collapsing. And do any of those things get resolved? No! No! Well, I, I, we we were going to get a resolution, at least with, like, the Knuckles making his daughter guardian. We could have gotten that much. But, nope. It's over. It's bad. It's all over. I mean, it's... The, the problem with Mobius 25 isn't necessarily that the writing is bad. I mean, it's bad, but, like, does that... Does that it's, like, it's like a norm for Ken Penders. Mm. It's not even that, you know, the art, as, like, bad and, like, memeable as it is, is, like, the main problem. It's everything about it. Yeah. It just feels like the cherry on top to the whole fucking shit Sunday about Ken Penders' bullshit in this fucking comic. But that's the thing! It's not! Because what we have to deal with next is the shit Sunday that nobody fucking likes. Holy fuck, the next, like, five comics are gonna suck death. Yep, and that's only the halfway point. So let's go, uh, story B. Uh, Chaconan Gray, John Gray, he did the art. And look, this doesn't really have much to do with anything, so I'm just gonna breeze by it real fast. Basically, the gist of it is, is that the girls in Knothole really love the... Basically, what's the, like, Ask Abby column? You know, probably most of the people listening to this podcast are too young to even know what that is. It's basically just an anonymous, uh, anonymous, like, advice column that newspapers ran, you know. Maybe if you had a school newspaper, they would run something like that. Maybe, but that's the gist of it. So all the girls in Knothole are basically sending their, like, love stories to Ask Allie, this person's name is, and says, all right, here are my stories, uh, help. Uh, first story we see is Bunny basically saying, you know, Antoine broke up with me, my heart's broken, and I, I miss him. Like, I, he became, he changed, but I still miss him. He huffed on the edge, Lord <laughs> Yeah. And so, the advice that Bunny gets from Allie is just like, look, be honest and direct with this person, don't, like, dance around it, whatever you're feeling, just talk to him directly about it, there's no way, like, you gotta corner him, and that's the advice she gets. The next one is from Mina, saying... I was in love with someone. Sonic was in love with someone else, Sally. But, you know, something happened. He went away and I found a new guy. I like him. I like him a lot. But then the guy came back and now I'm having all these conflicted feelings. The advice she gets is that like, hey, let give this new love a chance. You know, give him a chance. Don't make comparisons. Don't do anything like that. Don't, especially this, don't confuse friendship with love. So that's that. Second to last is from Amy. Her story is that, like, she basically has one-itis for Sonic. Uh, how do I get him to notice me? And she uses, like, specific language as well that I'm not going to go into. But the response is basically uh, just saying, like, yeah, you sound like a literal child. Like, go meet other people and grow up a little bit. Okay, but the best part about this segment 
is that John Gray drew Amy fucking ballin'. I'm not kidding you. Yeah, she like gets she the like, paper and she like crumples she, it up she, and just balls and swishes. She balls it. the fuck out. It's great. Yeah, she just swishes the newspaper, slam dunk. And the last letter is from Sally. And everyone knows it's Sally because uh she talks about uh <clears throat> the incident. You know the incident. The 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 probably one of the worst things this comic has burned. Yeah, and everyone realized, like, oh, fuck, this is Sally's letter. And uh, so she tells the story, and then Ask Allie responds with, you know what? Both of you had valid points, but you're putting undue pressure on the relationship, but I think time apart will do you good. And now, oh, quote, just because you're a strong woman doesn't mean you have to be an overbearing one. Can we guess if this comic... Let's play a game. Let's play a game. Was this comic... Written by a man or a woman? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Sounds like a. I mean, this. It, 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 Romy Chacon is a man, right? I mean, maybe we don't know for sure, but probably yes. Mm, little. I mean, that's just a little weird chant moment for me. So anyway, uh, we were. It's revealed Sally is the anonymous, anonymous writer, and she's the one you know doing all these columns, and she wrote. She sent that story in basically to like throw off. People thinking that Allie was her, which is something that was like never mentioned. There was never any indication of like even like anyone in Nahal thinking like, oh, who's this Allie person? Like, oh shit, I mean, fuck, who could this be? So I don't know. Come up with a better fucking alias. Yeah, that's a little, little, little sus, little sussy baka moment. But you know what? Like, whatever, man. Like, this isn't fucking gossip, girl. I don't care. Let's move on. Sonic number one forty-five. Let's do this. Wait, wait, Speed, you gotta, you gotta, wait, we're gonna, we're gonna chill for a second. I gotta send you the Speed that was just posted in shit Oh, no. Do you watch Rick and Morty? No. <laughs> Strike one. Do you smoke pot? <laughs> do you read Archie Sonic the, Sonic the Hedgehog? The no. Hedgehog. Strike one. <laughs> I don't say that because that's a requirement for to be in a relationship with me. I say that because you're, you have to be like that level of insane to even have any kind of relationship with me. Anyway, Sonic number 145. Ken Penders wrote it. And Ron Lim did the art. So, Shadow, our guy Shadow, he's here. Hi, buddy. Wow, wow, the character that we all like is actually in the comic. Wow. So, Shadow's in Knothole and just is staring at Hope. Like, really just staring at her, thinking... Just just really with the, the big old eyes. He's really giving her the look. Just saying, this girl looks like Maria. Until a hooded figure comes behind him and asks him for help. Shadow is like, who the fuck are... No. Who are you? Uh, the- <laughs> <laughs> Shadow Shadow being like, ah, I see an agent of Penders. Fuck off. <laughs> I will not be tainted by your bad writing. <laughs> and what the- <laughs> You know what? That's actually a pretty apt analogy. Because the figure says, I respect your choice, Shadow, but I cannot accept it. And hog ties him. You're getting him. dragged into this plot whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and with the... And we see spiked gloves, so we can just assume this is Locke. Like, it's Locke. We know it. I, I just, I would also like to point out the best part about this comic in particular is that Locke gets the shit beat out of him by Shadow. <laughs> Very cathartic. I love it. So, it's beautiful. Uh, let's see. Shadow breaks free and warps the two to another location. Hope sees the residue of light and follows through. She, seeing Shadow and Locke 
despite, I assume, them being in Haven. So, Locke throws Shadow down and pushes a singular button, trapping Shadow in a chamber, giving him a flashback to Gerald, who created him, and Maria, who sent him from the Ark. So, Locke just gave our guy Shadow a PTSD moment. Very, not good, but you know what? It's Locke. I should expect that. And demands, all right, dude, state your intentions. What do you want? Locke reveals himself, saying, all right, Shadow, look, listen. I'm looking for my long-lost family, and I think you are the key to finding them. Okay, I also want to point out, there's a very funny line in here. Locke asks, have you any idea what it's like to lose everything? And then Shadow, in the most edgelord response, hits us with, I wouldn't know. I've never had anything. Ooh! Ooh! You can feel that edge! I'm gonna insert one of the ending songs from Shout of the Hedgehog here. Which one is it gonna be? I don't know. Well, it's a game for all of us. If it's, if it's, if it's not almost dead, which is the most hysterically edgy fucking song I've ever heard in my entire life, it, is it even worth talking about? You know what? That's gonna. Oops. That's gonna be it. That's gonna be it. I've decided now. Alright, so. Uh. Hope reveals herself, asking Locke, just let him free, please. And Locke warns her about being here, and Shadow's almonds get fucking activated, PTSD to the max, even seeing the flashback of Maria getting killed, punches his way out of the chamber, and begins to just beat the shit out of Locke. <laughs> and Ken Penders, you didn't mean to do this, I know for a fact you didn't, but this is the most cathartic scene in this entire comic. Shadow, keep going. You're doing great, babe. Let's go. <laughs> Shadow, Shadow shows up in the comic. Fuck this shit. I'm here. It's my time now. Fuck all this nonsense. Get away from me. So Hope, Hope stops him. She's like, right now I'm more scared of you than I am of him. And Shadow, in his brilliance, responds with, you're not Maria. <laughs> you're not Maria. And he just like Superman flies out of the cavern. <laughs> he breaks the fucking wall. It's so funny. <laughs> it's, no, it really is. He just like, he really just like Superman yeets himself out of the... I have to go now. My planet needs me. <laughs> this is so stupid. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Locke gets Hope back home. The end. Story's over. Go, to, go home, kids. So, the story be another one by Carl Bowlers and art by Al Bigley. So, this is like literally like two things. Basically, giving a presentation of his hit list. Sonic is number one with his super speed. Two is Tails, his accomplice and a technical genius. Knuckles is the guardian of the Master Emerald and is working for the Acorn Kingdom. And number four is Amy. Despite her, you know, being young, with her hammer, she's a sincere threat. So, you know, be careful. The Robians he's presenting to accept the data and are sent off, which, you know, despite it being filler, I mean, I guess it's a good way to, like, catch up readers to the new comic, I guess. I mean, hey, you know. Whatever. That's the secondary story. We have Story C, also written by Carl Bowlers, art by Don Best. Has Don Best done art for this comic book? Yeah, yeah. She's done uh, uh, okay. most of the Knuckles stories. She she has done um she did a, a decent amount of uh of, of work um in the post Penders era, right? Uh maybe. We'll see. I can't say for sure. Yeah, because because her art style is 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 very familiar in some ways. So, uh, Tails is reading a book on pre-Mobian history, and as he's reading it, it 
Elsewhere, an explosion, leaving a crater occurs, and he goes back to the Freedom Fighters, plus Mina and Ash. They're finding Rotor and Tommy, and he wants to tell Rotor about what he learned. But that's when Rotor gets the reading of the explosion and is like, yo, this doesn't look natural. This might be a threat. So Tails like, all right, let's take the tornado and, you know, let's do something about it. And Rotor just says, nope, uh, we got to report this to Sally. Let the A-team handle it. But Tails like, hey, man, like, we're freedom fighters, too. We can take care of it, too. Rotor's like, yeah, you know, you're right. But, you know, like, we're we're not the muscle, Tails. Like, we're the, we're the, we're the thinky men. We think. All right. Let them, let Sonic, like, spin dash his way to it. All right. Like, come on. Like, let's, please don't send me back out there. Man, I'm sorry, but Rotor's being a bitch-ass motherfucker right now. Nah. Tails is like, I fought Robotnik in Sonic 2. Fuck you. I'm better than that. I've been with him on all of his shit. Fuck you. So, Tails walks away and finds the rest of the group as, uh, Ash storms off with Mina having lost a game of darts to Sonic. And Tails asks Sonic, hey, do you have plans for the next couple days, buddy? Sonic packs his stuff and is about to leave on the special with Tails... Sally came along to wish Sonic luck on the mission, and Sonic wants to offer her to come along, but neither say anything as the special takes off and Sonic and Tails in tow. And Sally thinks to herself, well, you know, I I still do love Sonic, as Sonic stares out the window and thinking, well, I guess life isn't that simple after all, and, you know, mutual pining, I suppose. Neither say anything as, uh, you know, they just move on. And quote from Sonic, what's to get worked up about in the past 10 years since we've known each other? And meanwhile, in the general vicinity of where our heroes are going, we see the ruined prison island, Shadow walking into a broken area, saying he found, quote, the prototype of the professor's encrypted files. And now that I've found that, what's next? That's the end of 145. So now I thunder, what is next? Jesus Christ, what is next? (sighs) It's 146. All right. Okay. So remember Ken Pander's exposition dump? Hope you're ready for four fucking issues of it because Jesus Christ. Penders and Butler. They're they're the team working on this on 146. So we open. Sonic and Shadow are fighting. They're evenly matched and they're both kicking the shit out of each other. And Sonic opens a valve spraying Shadow with water distracting him enough to escape as the other freedom fighters, you know, Tails, Bunny, and Tommy for some reason. I don't know why he's here. Ken oh, Penders. Oh, you know why he's here. No, I genuinely don't because Ken Penders doesn't like using other people's characters. So this is kind of a surprise. They look for Sonic as Shadow takes the opportunity to leave and pass the duck saying, there's a lot more around here as he's slowly learning the layout, including him seeing a gold-plated robot taking the design of Gamma, but Shadow calls him Isaac. At just asking about general status. This Isaac asks him, why did you disengage with Sonic? And Shadow is like, look, I had like a weird, I had a, I had a weird vibe. The vibe check failed, you know? So like, I don't have a reason to go after Sonic. Now we flashback. Shadow's on Angel Island contemplating, but he sees this old base, jumps off the island, like fucking Vegeta lands right in front of the... <laughs> there. The- he really does hit us with the Vegeta aesthetic where he's just pondering his his angst, drops off, and is like, I'm going to go explore. So that was the seismic warning that Rotor read. And inside the old base, that's where he found Isaac. Shadow's like, all right, what the fuck are you? It says, I am an Alpha 100 series robot. Shadow asks, like, did Professor Gerald create you? And I says, Isaac says he doesn't recognize that name. 
Professor Clark designed my hardware. Dr. Navin programmed my software. I don't know where they are. In a nearby computer, Shadow learns that Isaac mentioned... The names that Isaac mentioned were people that were alive, quote, 10 millennia ago and have no relation to Gerald. That's a that's oh, important. Oh, that's very... Oh, I, 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 reading this, I'm not a fan of what, what is about to come up. I really am not a fan. Meanwhile... Fiona, Bunny, and Tails find Sonic battered. Bunny goes to the med kit, and as he's patched up, Sonic says he ran into Shadow. They, you know, Sonic and Shadow bickered. No one, one won't tell what the other's doing there. Shadow threw the first punch. Now, this leads Rotor to think, you know, despite Shadow also being a hedgehog, I don't even know if he's really related to you, Sonic. Hell, I'm not even sure if he's a Mobian like the rest of us. Which, you know, as, you know... That's actually very incidental foreshadowing. That was a complete accident. <laughs> you know, in retrospect. In hindsight. In hindsight. Yeah. I mean, I just... What's happening right now? Speed. What is happening? happening? Like, I can't fucking... It, it's like, exposition like, like, dumb. <laughs> like, at least there's some action here with, like, you know, like, Sonic and Shadow fighting or whatever. But, again, Ken Penders can't break his habit. The exposition dump is strong. Keep going. Uh, Rotor... Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, Eggman detects movements of Shadow and the Freedom Fighters and is like, eh, I'm bored. Let's see. Let's get some action here. And since roboticization isn't feasible, I'm just gonna, you know, prepare this up. Let's, you know, eh, blah, 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 typing it up. Click. So programming microchips to create a brand new Metal Sonic on the fly. Go get him, kid. That's the end of that story. And Okay, we got... The secondary story, which focuses on Tommy, uh, Chacon wrote, Lim did the art, uh, and it does, yeah, focus on Tommy, I'm going to set myself on fire. Uh, so, Rotor wakes up Tommy, I'm going to do tech maintenance, Sally asked me to do that, but Tommy's like, man, I haven't seen Sonic and her, like, you know, I haven't seen much of them, can, can we, like, hang out? And also, uh, Tommy calls Rotor Boomer, which is his government name, and it throws him off a little bit. Hello, Boomer. <laughs> <laughs> the one funny thing. The gist, The rest of this is, is that Rotor leaves him alone and Tommy's like, oh man, Rotor, like you left such a mess around here. So uh, I'm going to clean up a little bit and he fixes everything up for him. You know, the place is all spanking clean. Rotor comes back and is like, oh wow, this place looks real good. Hey, where did you put my files? Tommy pulls out a cabinet just like, here you go. I put your files here. I alphabetized and categorized everything. So I was like, oh, no shit. Uh, you can have a job as my assistant. The only condition is I also want you to keep my lab clean. And that's that story. Woo. Dude, Tommy is such a Gary Stew motherfucker. But yes, he is a Gary Stew. I don't... I understand now why people don't like this character. He's, you know, he's just the perfect character. You know, I can do no wrong. Angel, whoopity-boo. I, I would scream, but I don't want to cause this audio to peak. Anyway, the last story for this issue, Chacon wrote, Al Bigley did the art. Basically, Rotor's telling Sally about a potential power crisis. You know, Kingdom's developing, we're getting new people in to move in, you know. We can run on the rings for as long as we can, but eventually we're going to have an issue. I just want to, you know, get ahead of the problem. See, asked Sally to bring Nicole over and run some tests. And as she comes in and is about to do it, Sally trips over a wire, spilling a lot, electricity sparks fly, and upon waking up, they realize Nicole and Sally have switched minds. So, 
I'm kind of surprised they didn't do this body swapping trope earlier, but you know what? All right, whatever. We'll mark that off the bucket list. It's dumb. Who cares? Basically, like, Sally is, like, freaking out over, like, having to deal with, like, Nicole's computer, like, body. And Nicole in Sally's body, like, basically, like, frolics in the forest and is just like, oh, wow, so many sights and smells and colors. I like this. She runs into Sonic. Sonic's not aware uh, that the whole thing, like, is going on. But, you know, the body swapping effects wear off and Nicole and Sally switch to their correct bodies. Sonic asks, hey, what's going on? And Nicole's like, hey, buddy, uh, it's a long set. It's a long story. Quote, but has anyone ever said you're a very appealing hedgehog? damn bitch you horny <laughs> jesus christ and i and Both. look listen if the editors got their way sonic would definitely have a harem and they want the fucking computer to be part of it i hate it here man fucking hell uh, okay so 147 one fucking 47 metal sonic lands and being you know he's the next wild card for the scenario and as he enters tommy and tails follow up to assess the situation Sonic is damaged, Shadow and Isaac are running about the area, Fiona's trying to hack into the computer system, triggered a connection early, as this place was basically designed to like prevent any kind of hack whatsoever. And Sonic finds a cart, rushes on that, and rushes Rotor to Fiona with Bunny following. Tails and Tommy, they're in a control room, and they're directing the three to Fiona's location. But on another monitor, to Tails' surprise, is Metal Sonic engaging Shadow. Metal Sonic says he registers Shadow as a, quote, bio-cybernetic sentient. He gives pulses of Mobian life, but also has binary code, much like myself. So Metal tries to get Shadow to identify himself, but upon refusal, they engage in a fight. Shadow throws the first punch, Isaac's still behind him. Tails warns the Freedom Fighters that this is going on, and, you know, it's getting a little destructive, but Sonic takes up the challenge and runs to their location. Shadow and Metal are fighting, and eventually they wear each other out as Sonic shows up and is like, hey, come on, on course here, let's get this party started. Isaac scans Sonic and says he's surprised to see a non-human life form with sentience. This also tells me that Isaac sees Shadow like Metal sees him, like he's more robot than human, I guess. As Sonic quips with Isaac, and Isaac says, oh, you're intelligent, so that means you could be a threat, so I'm going to neutralize you. And Shadow takes the opportunity to fight. So Sonic fights Shadow, Metal, and Isaac all at once, but Metal Sonic follows up, and Eggman is seeing this fight through Metal's eyes. I know I, he's got to be like he's watching a WWE match. He, Eggman's just having fun. Eggman is, Eggman's got the popcorn. He's vibing. He's, just He's like, yo, dog, go for the kill. Get him. Go for the throat. And Tails and Tommy are seeing everything in the base. And out of desperation, Tails pushes the big red button, which activates a trap door leading Sonic, Shadow, Metal, and Isaac dropped as Rotor, Bunny, and Fiona are being electrocuted. Also, there's a story B here about like the off-panel stuff. Again, I'm not touching this. I don't care. This gives me a headache. I... I, I, I want to game end myself. Anyway, uh, let's the final story for this issue, Chacon Bigley, yada yada. We, we see Sonic. Man's running out for an adventure, although his poor dog Mutsky wants to play with him. But you know, Sonic's gotta go, gotta go live my life. Uh, leaving Tails to see Mutsky by himself, and Tails like, eh, I wanna, let me play with you. Plays fetch, which leads Tails and Mutsky to just kind of, like, have a fun day. They're swimming, they're playing hopscotch, you know, they're fun. 
And then they finished the day with a game of what Tails thought was hide and seek. But uh, Mutsky finds him and is like basically about to like snap at Tails' throat. He's like, he's gone like a little spicy moment. And that's where Sonic comes back in and is like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? And since Sonic has a translator, he can talk to Mutsky. And Mutsky's just like, hey, listen, like, oh, I thought we were just playing, you know, Fox Hunt. You know, which is a very a poor name for the situation, but nevertheless. It's very cursed. Mm-mm. So basically, the game was just like prior training, as Sonic describes it. Before, you know, everything happened and all of it occurred. I used to play this game with Mutsky to like as a training protocol. And, you know, that's what Mutsky thought you were doing. You know, he's sorry, though. You know, he thought Tails could handle it. So he's sorry he scared you. That's the end of 147. 148! has some awesome cover art referencing long forgotten but deeply beloved GBA Kino Sonic Battle. Great little cover. I think Sonic Battle came out around the time of this issue, so, you know, they went for the whole, they went for the art style full stop. Looks great, honestly. Honestly, I've never seen Metal Sonic in the uh, Sonic Battle art style, but Kino. Honestly, Sonic Battle as an art style, underrated absolute best i love it 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 does it fits sonic in a way that's like really interesting because it's so jagged but like it has this like energy to it that's really in tune with the series in a good way you know know? what it is it's just like the sonic writer's art style it gives that exact same vibe oh for sure like the cell shading and the deep outlines they really they make the characters feel really 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 cool and i love that but Unfortunately, the cover is as cool as this comic is going to get. All right, so Pender's Rope Butler did the art. Uh, Sally gets word about Sonic's situation and calls for Sonic's dad, of all people, as Tommy goes off to find the others. Tails is left behind and Sonic is recovering from his fall. He loses sight of Shadow Metal and Isaac. Sonic runs out of the way of a train that's coming in via rail, pushed by Isaac, as he runs off and Shadow pursues. As Metal and Isaac are left behind, and Metal name drops Eggman as Dr. Robotnik as his creator. And Isaac notes, hey, Robotnik is an anagram of Kintobor. Any relation? Wait, it's like, what's the shit post about X being an anagram of what that people always bring up? I, I don't, honestly, I don't know what you're talking about. No, no, something is like an anagram of something else that people meme about all the time. Well, is it like... <sighs> No, it can't be that. All that's coming into my mind is like, you know, she's okay because he lied, Spieve. I don't know why that's coming into my mind, but that's what I think. Uh, you know what we can say? Dog is an anagram for God. Oh. Ooh, boy. Ooh. All right, okay. So uh, Tommy breaks the circuit connector, freeing Rotor Bunny and Fiona from their electrocution. He thinks they're dead. But Rotor wakes up, so they're fine. It's all good. Meanwhile, we have a moment of Isaac basically lore-dumping to Metal Sonic. He reveals his creator as Ivan Kintobor, born June 6, 2006, which means he is a Zoomer. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I can't fucking believe I just had to hear that shit. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I have one more joke. So... That means right now... Wait, hold on. Okay, so at this point, Ivan would be 15 years old, meaning he is either playing Fortnite, simping for Pokimane in her stream, or triggering Hasanabi in his stream. And he just got banned. Damn, dog. 
Damn, dog. You're goddamn fucking right. <laughs> all right. So anyway, Zoomer talk over. Tails overhears all this and tries to report the data back to Sonic, who's a little busy at the moment. Tails like, geez, cut a guy some slack. As Isaac said, Ivan was part of the team that adapted the various technologies that they got from the Zorda for human use. And actually was part of the team that, like, dissected the Zorda Emissary, leading to the Gene Bomb situation. So, like, this is all his fault. And Ivan made Isaac to ensure his survival and kept him safe in suspended animation. And in the decades following, observed the planet's changes as a result of the bomb. But it caused volcanic eruptions and destruction, noting these days were referred to as the first days of fury in Echidna theology. Shadow catches up to Sonic, they fight yet again. Isaac continues, The gene bomb not only led to an accelerated evolution of the animal species, but also caused reactions in the geode deposits, basically creating the Chaos Emeralds. As Tails records the history lesson, Isaac said he witnessed, as ordered by Ivan, the conquest of Mammoth Mogul, the beginnings of Echidna society, and the crowning of the first Acorn King. As he and Metal reach Shadow, in front of a wall that Sonic barricaded himself into, Shadow raises it, Sonic spin dashes into him, gives himself a path out. But not before complaining for Shadow, you know, hey Shadow, why the fuck are you built like a brick wall? Hey man, you know, don't don't hate a guy for going to the gym, alright? <laughs> he, he just works out, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, come on. But, you know, he does look, look pretty scrawny, so it's probably like, you know, the muscles all underneath. The three follow Sonic into a little space, and Isaac warns, Ah, Sonic, you found the most fatal secret of all. A fucking nuke about to take off. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Welcome to the most deep, dark secret. The nukes. Okay, I gotta comment on this whole comic. Alright. Why did they turn Sonic the Hedgehog into a post-apocalyptic... Whatever. Like, I mean, look, I'm not gonna lie. That's actually... I'm not against that idea. In general, I'm not. It's just like, you end up creating these circumstances, like like the nuke shit, where you find a stuff of the old era, where it's just like, this is kind of weird. I don't, when I think of Sonic the Hedgehog, I don't think nukes. I really don't. It's, it's bad, man. It's, it's really bad and painful and oh my god, I just want it to stop. We're almost there. We're almost there. So, the B story here was art and writing done by Nelson Ribeiro. So, basically, the Freedom Fighters are just putting on a play for the kids in Knothole about their adventures. Though, you know, this one in particular about how Sally was almost roboticized. And also, everyone, except for Sonic, is playing out-of-character roles. Tails even complains he didn't even get cast as himself, which is bullshit. Let's be real, folks. Uh, there is a great panel where Son or Knuckles is playing Sally, and it's just... We'll get to that. I we'll get to that. Uh, Bunny was cast as Jeffrey St. John. I don't know why, but Knuckles was cast as Sally, saying, You know what, Sonic? Y you're lucky I'm doing this for the kids. It's for the kids. And Archimedes as Nicole, or like the other way around, I can't really tell. Like, the costume's not really that well made. <laughs> And then big as Eggman, which is typecasting. <laughs> yeah, it's it's typecasting, but it's really cute and funny. Yeah, it's for the kids. And Tails is Snively, which I think is also typecasting, but in a different way. He looks like he looks like Waluigi in a green shirt. <laughs> he does. He does. That's why I'm laughing. He does. It's great. Fuck. And then like Rotor is Tails, which I don't even understand that. But anyway. 
So they play it out. You know, Sonic rescues Sally from Eggman. The play is over. And then, <laughs> and then this is the scene where Sonic dips Knuckles, you know, in character. And, and is trying to, like, basically smooch him. And Knuckles is saying, dude, if you try to kiss me, I'll knock your shit out. I don't care at this point. <laughs> to which I have... This is like, it's on sight, motherfucker! <laughs> which I have to say, bisexual icon Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I think this is the comic where it, where it all comes out. <laughs> Which, I mean, hey, look, that's not a joke. Sonic's really going for it. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just saying. Okay, so, hey, you guys remember that whole comic where Knuckles came back to life and him and Tails fought? Remember how all of that was just kind of pushed to the side? It's back, <laughs> boys! It's back! Here it is! Okay, So Penders, Penders wrote, uh, Tim Smith did the art. So, Tails is skipping stones, complaining, man, a lot of people's families are back together, but my parents are still out in space. I don't know. <laughs> and then, at this moment, the floating head of a Thayer pops over the lake, telling him, Tails! The hour of the Chosen One is near. And this story is like a refresher on like all the Chosen One stuff, you know. Tails is meant to play a role, but the one who can explain everything to him is his uncle Merlin, who Tails didn't even know existed. And, you know, would you have the chance and you were not taken away by Mogul and replaced by a doppelganger? You remember that? That was a little weird. Nevertheless, Tails yeah. got that doppelganger stuff from Sonic and Tails screams, After all this time, you still can't tell me! Tails is us! Tails is the reader in this scenario. He's like, bro, what's happening? I'm sick of this shit. Just fucking tell me! And then the next two panels, the exact same <laughs> shot. It's a there's Tails looking into the lake of the floating... Uh, or like, oh, the, Tails looking into the lake, uh, seeing a there's floating head. The next panel... Gone. Gone. He's just poofed out of existence. This is so fucking hysterical. It's, it's... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the next issue will contain another of the most infamous panels of this comic. Prepare yourselves, because oh my god, it is so funny. Uh, Tails... We'll get to it, we'll get to it! Tails still hears a there's final message. The hour of the chosen one is at hand. That's the end of 148. And you know what? Let's not waste any time. 149. Uh, Penders and Butler. <clears throat> so Jules and Chuck are on their way to help Sonic out. As Sonic is standing between Metal, Isaac, and Shadow. And the nuke. And Isaac wants to just neutralize Sonic before he can leak the information. So Sonic runs. Isaac notes that his speed is beyond what a normal light form can do. And Shadow notes his... <laughs> I have I have put it in the best way possible in my notes. Shadow notes that Sonic is in fact built differently. Taking <laughs> <laughs> taking risks that the others wouldn't. Sonic, you know, man, he's just constructed uniquely, assembled differently. There's so many ways you could phrase this. I just, I can't believe the fact that he's just like, yeah, he's just built different. <laughs> that's, the clo that's the closest. Ex I'm sorry, I'm crying. Hold on. This that's is the so best. Funny. This, this is the closest explanation we'll get as to why Sonic can run at super speed. It's that he's built differently. He's just, bro, he's just built different. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm overheating a little bit. Hold on. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We're good. All right. We're good. All right. Breathe. So, Metal chases after Sonic, and they tussle as they run around the chamber. Shadow tries to get up as Sonic throws Metal into Shadow, knocking them both down. 
Meanwhile, Tails leads the FFs into the monitor, seeing Sonic. Rotor suggesting, yo, let's just find Sonic and abandon this place. Like, this shit's crumbling down around us. We gotta go. But Tails says that I found, oh, but I found data suggesting this base was an old nuclear launch site. I don't know how this came about, but like, you know, maybe that robot thing will know. But maybe it's for the best we don't figure that out. Let's get out of here. And also Fiona finds a gun. <laughs> <laughs> takes it for herself. Yo, she's just she pulls out the gap, man. She needs that shit. I guess so. And then back to the fight. Uh, Sonic acts shadow. Dude, what did I ever do to you? Why are you doing this, <laughs> bro? Why are you so mad all the time? Like, come on, man. Did I As really sh- fuck up your life that much? And Shadow is like, ah, well, you know that's a fair question, but like, I kind of just feel like you're an enemy to me. And Sonic is like, well, I mean, well, maybe if you tried meditation or maybe found yourself a girl, you can handle your pent-up aggression. <laughs> Sonic really just said, Shadow, you need to stop hating on me and you need to start getting some bitches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Not oh, again. No! <laughs> the green screen fell again. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Sonic Speed. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Fucking... I can't believe he really just hit him with the get some bitches, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, what's a good one? Um, ah, fucking oh. forget it. I don't care. Oh, my All God. Right. Shadow then elbows Sonic's stomach at that suggestion. And also, Rotor chastises Fiona for wanting to take the gun. It's, we don't do that, Fiona. That's not the way of a freedom fighter, young lady. So Isaac cuts his losses over the situation and activates the last resort, destroys the entrance which causes Sonic and Shadow to put aside the situation and find a way out together as the Freedom Fighters try to find a way to Sonic's location. So Sonic and Shadow get to the top of the missile, thinking, well, we got one last chore before splitting, as we then see Jules and Chuck flying into the Badlands, being shot at at the defense system. Jules and Chuck manage to land. Chuck fights the Freedom Fighters inside, demanding, just follow me, as Sonic and Shadow find an escape hatch to leave from. But Sonic's ankle is shot, somehow and he can't run so shadow shadow legit picks him up yeets him and yells just do your spin move and throws him toward the shuttle as he goes in the opposite direction and sonic lands gets into the shuttle with the rest of the freedom fighters they fly away and as they leave they talk about tails's book the one that theorizes you know the life before mobius and although sonic calls the author a crackpot order says no wait hang on well, no, I wish we could have brought along Isaac for study, you know? Maybe we could have confirmed some things. As Isaac goes into the bunker and sees the suspended animation body of his creator awaiting his next order. That's the end of 149. That's the end of this little story arc. I don't know what was accomplished other than this was, like, unintentionally hysterical. I mean, we spent four issues on this. Like, why? What? How? You know what? This whole thing could have been summed up in two issues. Two issues. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, this really could have been done in half the time. But, you know, Ken Penders, master of uh, stretching it out. Stretching it out like taffy. Not like an airhead. That Those no, break. Like taffy. Okay, I just don't care anymore, man. Let's move on to the fucking side story. So, yeah, Story Beach, Cone Mawinnie. So, like, this is legit just... A- so, this is a... A precursor, let's say. A precursor to the story coming up. So, we open on an alternate Mobius, which is basically like a spoof of Spider-Man. 
Stealth the Hedgehog fighting uh, Professor Egg. All is normal until a giant hand just clutches the planet, blotting out the sun, and just destroys it with its bare hands. The perp saying, one down, millions more to go. And Sonic and Tails are just, you know, seen, you know, they're in Mobius Prime, they're playing tag, they're having fun. As Zonic, the zone cop, you know, pops in and Sonic's just like, hey bro, uh, what, you need me for some more bullshit? And Zonic is like, nope, not you today, buddy. I'm coming for Tails this time. And there is a threat out here to be faced by the Chosen One. And brings him and Sonic into the no-zone. And into his office, where he keeps track of all the alternate Sonics across the multiverse. Most of the screens are blacked out. And after being caught up to speed on what's going on, Zonic shows them the culprit. Mammoth Mogul. Where even though he was defeated, he tricked Chaos Knuckles into shooting him with a blast of pure Chaos Energy, effectively recharging his Chaos Emerald in his chest. And when Knuckles came back from the dead and walked away from the Chaos Force, it threw the universe off balance, which led Mogul to tap into it, and now has the powers of pure Chaos running through his veins. He got juiced up. Yeah, he's a little too sauced up, if I dare say. So, Tails was called along because he's the chosen one. Something he doesn't understand, neither do Sonic or Zonic for that matter. But, they see another zone get taken out before their eyes. And another, and another, and another, and another, and another, until they're all destroyed, leaving only Mobius Prime and the No-Zone. Which leaves Mogul to barge in, alerting every zone cop to battle. And Mogul swats them away. Mogul saying A cab left and center. Z- <laughs> uh, Zonic takes Sonic and Tails to a room where, after learning that Mogul fears the chosen one, Zonic recruited every alternate version of Tails beforehand. That's the end of this story. <sighs> All right. You got okay. nothing to say because, you know, that is insane. But, you know, this is insanity leading into a larger insanity. (laughs) Okay. I can't wait for this. Are you ready? Yeah. Well, Sonic the Hedgehog, number 150. This is the final one we're covering, and it's another milestone issue. Can you believe it, folks? We are nine issues from being done with Penders. Jesus Christ. Let's hold off on that talk. Let's... No, no, we're we're, we're not going to talk about it, but, like, we're nine issues away. I can't Holy believe it, dude. shit. We're in the single digits now. I can't believe it. How many comics have we covered? Too many. Jesus. But you know what? This comic's not going to talk about itself. Penders wrote this first story when he did the art. So we see Sonic taking out a SWAT bot knot hole near a chili dog stand to which the proprietor is like, hey, good show, Sonic. Good, good one. Uh, here's a chili dog. Uh, no charge. As fangs. Keep up the good work. And after seeing Mina, Amy, and Ash witness all this, he follows along and catches Mina near a tree and invites her to hang out with him without Ash. And meanwhile, in Station Square, Knack is talking to a contact about going to Angel Island to steal their repository of Chaos Emeralds, the largest collection on the planet as far as they know. And Rouge is unbeknownst to them in the back overhearing all this and just walks away, flying up and out of the volcano, Right, conveniently, Angel Island is flying over, thinking to ugh, whoever the echidna backup is there, it'll be putty in my hands once I'm through with him. Direct quote. Meanwhile, we see Sonic kind of flirting with Mina, who can't really handle the hurt she's putting Ash through, and just runs off, and Sonic just gives an uncaring attitude about it. And then he sees Amy, and calls out to her and says, like, oh, yo, babe, what's up? 
which surprises Amy and the reader, too, I assume, and asks, hey, are you free? Then time passes. <laughs> time passes, and Tails is just looking for Sonic, and he was just supposed to meet up with him, you know? It's, it's boys' night. You know, it's not like him to be a no-show. And finds him making out with Bunny behind a bush. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh... And Bunny is, like, just saying, wow, you know, I can't believe after Antoine broke up with me, I, I can't believe anyone had actually loved me. To which, when Tails finds them, he screams, holy shit! Uh, Sonic basically just tells, tells Tails to fuck off. And Bunny just says, like, hey, maybe we should go after him. And Sonic is like, nah, he's fine, as he tries to kiss her again. And hours pass. Hours pass. Sonic and Bunny are just lying together under a tree, and Bunny's saying... Their little nap went on for longer than she thought. Yeah, Ken Penders, they you they fucked. Like, why did you make? Why did this happen? Why did you do this? Why did I have to? What is this? I just I okay. Well, this all this shit is just bad, right? Okay, of course, right. But then we actually have a really interesting little twist. Oh yeah, very interesting. So, uh. Bunny leaves and tells Sonic, you, you should go home, you know, dark, yada yada. But he stays anyway, just chilling. It's just like, man, this is the life. Fame, chicks, all the chili dogs I could want. And who would have thought this started as a plan to get rid of me? Now we flash back and we learn that Sonic here is actually anti-Sonic. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. But... It's, been a, it's been a dummy thick minute, huh? But he's still kicking. And in this flashback, we see anti-Antoine. Sonic calls him Patch, you know, due to him wearing an eye patch. It's very clever. And tried to get rid of him thanks to one of Rotor's uh, latest doodads, but knocked him out before he got the chance. And out of curiosity, the device works, and he turns on a portal to the Prime Zone, and is just like, ah, an idea. So he crosses over, knocks out Antoine, and replaces him with Patch, and basically just kidnapped him. Which is... Which is awesome, by the way. I love this. The fact that we now understand why Antoine was being an edgelord is explained. He's, it's not Antoine, it's Patch! Wow, dude. Honestly, like, I, I want to, like, big this be like, oh, wow, big reveal. Because it is a big reveal, but it's like, you know, like, we should have seen this coming. I feel In a like, way, but like... Like, I feel like there could have, there should have been some moments where, like, like, this was foreshadowed. Like, technically, it comes out of nowhere, but when you, like, get that information and you do the whole, like, hindsight thing, it's like, oh, oh. yes, of course. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, as time goes on, he sees Patch weaseling his way into the king's court as Antoine is behind Antisonic continuing to hide in his doppelganger, basically. Basically just saying, like, listen, buddy, if you know what's good for you, you're gonna, like, stay like this. Because, like, if you're found out, like... It's not gonna be pretty. And, you know, eventually, he got the idea to just, you know, basically pull the old switcheroo himself. He crosses over to the Prime Zone, knocks out Sonic, and steals Sonic's outfit, leaving his behind, and then lives a life of comfort. Meanwhile, Rouge lands onto Angel Island, and in the middle of building a Kidnopolis, finds Locke and asks for himself, uh, thinking him as a tall glass of Echidna. Rouge being a Dilf Hunter is not surprising. But, you know, nevertheless, Antisonic goes back to Knothole and accidentally steps on a mine. And <laughs> the co this, just hearing that is, is, is very beautiful. Yeah. And then the he's fine. 
And the Freedom Fighters check to see he's okay, and Sally gives him shit for not being more careful. And now, back on Angel Island, Rouge and Locke are, you know, basically, like, out a little bit, trying to get information on each other. And Locke slips up that he's the guardian of the island, leaving Archimedes to, like, slowly fade Rouge away. He poofs in and chastises him for his actions. Quote, Knuckles has more sense than you. And also there's something about Locke being bad with women, but I think that's more of misogyny than anything, but nevertheless. <laughs> okay. And now Rouge finds herself in Knothole and sees leaving Anti-Sonic to see her as another prize to catch. As Rouge thinks, well, to get the emeralds, I think I'm going to need a decoy. That's the end of that story. That's the end of that story. And now... Wait, we need to talk about one panel. So at the very end of this comic, you know, Sonic just casually looks like a pedophile. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, what All right, oh, I you sent it. Hold on, let me let me see. Let me, yeah, he does. He really he, does. He looks he looks like a pedophile. It's very It's just creepy. like he just has like the smile and everything and like the it way looks he, like it it looks like it looks like fucking Wild Woody from like the Sega CD. Ah, Jesus Christ! You're right. That's a, that's a deep lore reference. That's a by deep. The way. That's a deep cut. That that's a, f- a deep, the deepest of cuts. Okay. Are All we right. Ready? Oh, I'm so ready for this. I'm like so when you don't understand when I read this story again, I was at work, and again I went ballistic, and again I couldn't explain to my coworkers why because if I did, I would be fired. Anyway, story B. Jacone wrote, Mawini did the art. So, the room full of alternate tales. Zonic tries to create a consensus among them about how to deal with Mogul, as one of them, to which I describe as the Darth Maul-looking one, tries to kill Tails Prime so he can be Tails Prime. (laughs) Which is not a surprise from Darth Maul, but anyway. This leads to a small brawl as, you know, Tails Prime slips out to deal with Mogul himself. Sonic's still looking for him amongst the sea of Tails. So Tails finds Mogul, tries to bait him with trying to blast Tails with enough energy to turn himself into Turbo Tails, but Sonic gets him at the last minute, saying, that plan is too risky. You know, Mogul is like a super juiced up, like, that that will actually, like, OD you, dude. Like, let's think of something else. Plan B that they come up with is just unleash all the alternate Tails onto on once, onto Mogul. Truly his worst nightmare. And although Mogul doesn't go down easily, he fires a Chaos Blast that's a direct hit onto Sonic. And Tails now thinks his best friend is dead. Which is like the third time now? What? Anyway. <laughs> it's coming. I can't. It's so, I can't speak. It's coming. So, it's coming. It's almost here. And at that moment, at that moment, Athair calls to Tails. Tails, my son, <laughs> the time <laughs> is now. <laughs> The time of the Chosen One is now. The only one destined to merge with all the multiversions of oneself into a cosmic being. Into a supreme being, Titan Tails, and he's so (laughs) fucking swole, dude. Like, it just looks like Tails hit the gym, dude. He skipped nothing. Leg day, arm day, torsos, biceps. He only skipped head day. (laughs) I I can't deal with this panel because the dialogue is also incredible. <laughs> it is, but it is. It is our destiny. And then they start having an eye beam struggle. <laughs> like it's DBZ or some shit. 
I'm so upset that Ken didn't write this, honestly, because this is not, this isn't up his alley at all, but, like, if Ken wrote this, like, I'd give him so much more props, dude, you don't understand. Okay, let's breathe again. Let's breathe again. So, 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 Titan Tails is able to nullify Mogul's power. And manages to absorb Mogul. And this is when Sonic wakes up and sees and sees the events that he's looking on and has no clue what the fuck is going on, much like myself. And Sonic says, Tails absorbed Mogul's power. And as the chosen one of legend, he is the multiverse's supreme <laughs> being. I pray such power doesn't corrupt him. And in a flash of light, the universe is reset. Sonic and Tails are back to just playing tag, having fun. No memory of what happened. I envy them so much. <laughs> Merlin and Athair. Merlin and Athair are looking at them from afar. And Athair praises Tails for having all the power in the multiverse and choosing to restore balance. Proof that he is, in fact, the chosen one. And the only evidence of this exploit being shown by Merlin... Mogul being trapped in the Chaos Emerald that was formerly embedded in his chest. Unable to do anything except hate the one that cursed him to his demise. Folks, that's the end of number 150. That's the end of the comics we've got for this episode. And Jesus Christ, what an episode this was. God, I, I'm kind of winded. I'm not going to lie. There was just so much of nothing that we could only laugh at. And I'm so happy that I got to experience this. Alright, well... Any thoughts, Aaron? Um, we're almost free. We're almost free. So, as we mentioned previously, we have nine more issues for Ken. Our guy, Ken Penders. Nine more issues. And yes, that will be the last... Or the next nine issues of the next episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. And, well... How shall I put this? Let's do some housekeeping. Not only is it the last, you know, Ken Penders uh, comics for the uh, episode, um, it's also a big episode. It's uh, Next episode is going to be episode number 25. Now, in the comic book industry, it's kind of a tradition to celebrate every 25 issues as like a milestone. Why, I don't really know. Every time I try to research that, I just end up being directed to a company called Milestone Comics. So, horrible search engine optimization there. But nevertheless, as this is a comic book podcast, I feel like it's fitting to celebrate a little bit. But we'll save that for when it's time. So, Aaron, do you have any final thoughts? I want to be free. We're so, we're so close to being we're free. We're so fucking close. Okay, but I'm good. Um... Thanks for having me on again, man. And he'll be uh, back for episode 25. Yes, I'll be back for episode 25. A very important issue. It is very important issue. Very important uh, cliff note on the history of, of Sonic the Hedgehog in general. Truly it is. So I think on that note, uh, I'm going to like probably like jump into the pool of my apartment complex because I am like burning because uh, I, I, I had a little too much fun, dare I say. So... Uh, thanks for watching this episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. You know, follow us on Twitter uh, at Sonic underscore Speed One, uh, True Blue One Hundred One, I believe, is his is True Blue A One Hundred One. True Blue A One Hundred One is Aaron's Twitter. Uh, keep up with us, and and hey, support on patreoncom Speed for as low as two dollars a month. You can get that episode twenty-five when it's ready. 
plus some other goodies we have in the woodworks. We'll we'll let you know. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. So, see you then, folks. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye.